Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered chumpacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Welcome in, everybody, to another podcast here on SB Nation's Maze and Brew. This is Future Brew, our Michigan football and basketball recruiting podcast. My name is Vaughn Lozon. Joining me today, as always, John Simmons. Johnny Boy, how are you doing this week? I'm doing pretty well, Vaughn. Uh, moving on fully to 2021. Now that signing day's over. Yeah, yeah, signing day has come and gone. And absolutely nothing happened for Michigan as we anticipated, which honestly was totally fine by me. Um, made our lives a little easier. There weren't any uh, curveballs or any major surprises or anything along those lines. No one that we uh, didn't expect to decommit decommitted. So all sunshine and rainbows pretty much for the 2020 class. So they, they finished at uh, number 14 overall on the composite ranking. So pretty good class, I would say. And uh, we're moving straight into 2021. As you alluded to, we'll talk about uh, some of that later on. But let's start off today with basketball, which uh, is not something that we typically start off with here on Future Brew. But there were a ton of highly talented kids on campus this past weekend for the big rivalry game at Chrysler, Michigan against Michigan State. Uh, The big fish of the prospects in the 2020 class, Greg Brown, he's the number one ranked power forward in the class, number one kid out of the state of Texas, number nine overall. And uh, this is a pretty interesting recruitment here, John, to me, just because uh, if Beeline were still here, Michigan would not even be remotely considered. 
it, it would never even it, it would be laughable in my opinion for 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 me to think oh yeah beeline can go get greg brown out of texas for sure no problem but now that juan's the head coach they it sounds like they reached out to michigan and juan howard it sounds like north carolina kind of botched the recruitment here of uh, of greg brown and that kind of led michigan to being kind of the newer team in the top five kicking carolina out uh, this is going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. But Michigan, at this point, it's, uh, it seems like they're kind of on the outside looking in. It kind of looks like Texas is leading the charge here. Um, and Kentucky is, is one of those top teams for him as well. But uh, to get him on campus, to get him uh, to see a big win at home in front of a pretty electric crowd, got to go a little ways at least. Yeah, I like you said, it's it's all up to Juwan here to get uh, Michigan in this race. I think his uh, he was familiar with the family through AAU, like how he's built a lot of these relationships. And uh, Greg Brown's d- dad seems like a pretty funny guy uh, based on the interviews he's done. Um, you know, just straight up saying UNC did a terrible job recruiting his son, which you really don't hear often. So that also helped Michigan uh, swoop in and grab that uh, last spot in his top five and get this official visit. What I'm, uh, what I've heard is that the Browns really like Shaka Smart at Texas, um, who's the head coach there. Uh, so it kind of seems like it's going to be them, unless something drastic happens. Um, well, I guess it's not so drastic because Smart's been on the the hot speed hot seat for a couple of years after not making the tournament. So, uh, you know, Michigan fans should probably be rooting against Texas now to hope that uh, uh, they kick Smart out. And uh, that might push them towards to push Greg Brown and uh, his family towards Michigan. Um, I know Kentucky has another crystal ball, actually the most recent, but I don't think that seems to be very accurate right now. But it could be um, them or a team like Memphis or Michigan. But I think I like Michigan's chances if Smart is fired. But if he's still there, then it's probably going to be Texas. Yeah, which at this point, Texas has kind of had a pretty – similar season to what Michigan has had. They're they're a bottom tier of their conference. They're four and six in conference play, 14 and nine overall. Um, so kind of similar to what Michigan's got going on right now. They haven't been that fantastic either, but they've been a little bit better with uh, Isaiah Livers back in the lineup now. So we'll see if they're able to uh, go on a, uh, a big run here to end the season. But yeah, I would anticipate that with, with the relationship that Greg Brown has with, with Shaka Smart, I think you're right. Um, I, I think you kind of nailed it, that if, if anything drastic happens with Shaka, then, yeah, Michigan might have a, a decent shot here. But I think this is Texas's to lose at this point. It's the in-state kid. He's from Austin, Texas, uh, so he's probably grown up around the Longhorns pretty much his entire life. And uh, Shaka Smart's a pretty good recruiter. So it'll be tough to beat, but uh, getting him on campus this past weekend was uh, a good start at the very least. And uh, definitely an interesting guy that his dad is, like you said, he, he makes for a good interview for sure. But um, it, but the thing is, with with the 2020 class and the way that it's developing, John, I feel like it, it would be really making for a numbers crunch if, if he were to commit. And this is a big if because you still got Josh Christopher waiting on his decision. Obviously, Greg Brown is still uncommitted at this point. So let's just say you land both of them. You're already uh, – you, you already got uh, 
how many commitments now? Five, including Jace Howard, who uh, might be a walk-on at this point. So let's just say Jace isn't a walk-on. Let's say these two guys commit. You got seven guys coming in. Uh, that's that's a pretty big haul of a class. So they're, they're going to have to f- figure out the numbers. And obviously they would be able to do that. I think Jawan and all them would, would sort everything out no problem um, with, with attrition and whatnot. But it would at least make for a pretty interesting scenario to see who stays, who goes, and uh, exactly what everything happens all there. Yeah, regardless of how the Brown recruitment goes out, the, the composition of the roster next year is going to be very different. Uh, you know, the saying in football is don't worry about the numbers. They always work out with scholarships. And I think that's kind of the attitude here, even though it's a lot more difficult with basketball since they only have 13 scholarships compared to 85 for football. Uh, but I think that uh, it would just you're going to see a couple more transfers from players on the current team would be my guess because I'm not sure I see anyone committing or decommitting from the class. Zeb Jackson's already signed, and uh, everyone else was a Jawan recruit himself. Um, so I guess the the other option would be Isaiah Todd going overseas, but you obviously don't want you want to keep him uh, as one of the top guys in the class. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's going to be uh, interesting how. Howard kind of navigates this roster crunch, but uh, it's definitely going to be a huge influx of talent next year. Uh, yeah, most certainly. And uh, along with Greg Brown in the 2020 class to visit were two commits uh, for Michigan, Hunter Dickinson, their big time center prospect. And then like we already talked about Jace Howard, uh, Juwan's son. So got uh, two, I, I would say two pretty decent recruiters on campus as, as far as commits go. I, th- I think uh, uh, those guys are, are, are big enough, uh, obviously with Hunter Dickinson being one of the better center prospects in the class. And then Jace being the son of the head coach, I would imagine that that would go quite a long way in trying to reel in some of these guys that they had on campus. And and I think this is uh, one of Hunter's first uh, trips to campus as a commit, so that that was uh, definitely a good sign to see too. But getting two commits back on campus and and trying to have them recruit guys like Greg Brown um, definitely wouldn't hurt. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, it's it's not quite like football either, where you see these guys come back often, um, especially someone like Dickinson who's from Maryland. Um, but yeah, it's good that he he got to come back uh, to campus and help recruit uh, recruit some of his peers there. Uh, I think it would be a great addition. Uh, you know, two guys in the post there with Brown and Dickinson would be a pretty cool uh, duo to have. And then not to mention Isaiah Todd. It's just kind of a, an embarrassment of riches. That would be uh, at the at the big spot, which is kind of unsurprising with Howard's past uh, coaching bigs in the NBA and playing it too. Yeah, that would – yeah, you bring up a real good point there. I think that would be a, that would be a monster – monster uh, – uh, uh, addition to the lineup if if Greg Brown were to come to Michigan and then and bring all that with Isaiah Todd and then Hunter Dickinson and and I mean at that point who cares who's playing guard you got three superstars in the making at uh, at, at your forward spots and your center so that would uh, definitely be interesting but uh, as far as 2021 prospects go and they've already uh, started recruiting a lot of these guys Kennedy Chandler was was the top guy on campus. This weekend, he's a five-star point guard. He's from Memphis, and uh, they're doing some pretty good work uh, on the recruiting trail with uh, the point guard position. Because Kenny Chandler, he's a uh, certainly one of the top guys 
uh, that they're going after. And, and Michigan made his top 10 recently. But uh, Michigan's also in the running for the top point guard in the uh, 2021 class at this point. Uh, Christian Lander, who's from Indiana, who I believe grew up a Michigan fan. Uh, I mean, he's still growing up, obviously, but realized that he uh, was a Michigan fan early on in his life. So uh, good to get Kennedy Chandler on campus. Uh, he, he's kind of making his rounds with visits. So uh, uh, definitely good to get these uh, these five-star kids uh, on campus for a, a big win against uh, your rival, Michigan State. So um, making some progress there, I would imagine. But at this point, I think he, he kind of leans more toward more of the blue bloods, the traditional blue bloods like Duke and uh, Kentucky, those kind of schools. But um, – Jawan's going to have to make up some ground, I think, in, in this one. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Uh, while Chandler was on his visit, he got a couple of crystal balls to Duke, which I don't know how that uh, how you feel about that. kind of reminds me when uh, Andrew Gentry took his official visit in the fall uh, for football, and then a bunch of BYU crystal balls came in for seemingly no reason. And obviously he didn't end up, end up going to BYU. But he didn't go to Michigan either, so I don't know what happened to uh, make people believe that he was going to Duke um, while on his visit. But yeah, like you said, it's it's going to be a, a blue blood battle, I think. But Michigan's kind of turning themselves into a school that can compete with them, so we'll see. Um, but yeah, they're going to have options at the point guard position for sure. Yeah, it, it's going to be one of those positions that I think they'll probably end up getting a pretty good one um, when it's all said and done, but they've got a lot of time. So uh, obviously he was the lead uh, point guard there in the 2021 class uh, as far as visits go or visitors go, I should say. But uh, another pretty good point guard here uh, is from in-state actually in the 2021 class. And he visited as well. Jaden Atkins, he's from Farmington. He's got uh, 100% crystal balls to Michigan State as of right now. It's very early. Uh, Michigan actually just offered him, and uh, you kind of had this in your uh, article here on the uh, Tuesday Recruiting Roundup, which you can obviously see at maizeandbrew.com. And uh, I believe this was one of his uh, first visits to campus as well. And uh, Coach Juwan was the one that went and offered him, and uh, it seems like they're uh, – right near the top of his list at, at the very moment uh, being the in-state school and uh, having a pretty decent relationship early on, it, it, it appears, with uh, Coach Howard. Yeah, this seems like the, the he was just kind of waiting for the Michigan offer here. And now that he has it, it might just be a matter of time before he commits. He said he's going to wait till next season to uh, make a decision, but I think Michigan really has been standing out to him. Um, you know, we've seen his – Jawan Howard's ability to recruit across the nation, and I think that's only amplified for these kids that are uh, from local, uh, you know, just a few hours away. That's It's uh, kind of turning into a thing where Michigan is going to go toe-to-toe with Michigan State on the trail. Um, you know, I think, like, out of the three guys that are ranked for 2021, they all have 100% Mich- Michigan State crystal balls, but I really think that uh, Michigan's going to set themselves up to challenge that uh, state hierarchy here soon and uh Aikens could be one of the first dominoes here at, at point guard um but we'll see if uh the the staff kind of waits until guys like lander and chandler the elite elite top 20 guys in the country make a decision before they take someone like Aikens. um but yeah we'll have to see about 
what their strategy there is. But if they want Aikens, I think they can have him. Yeah, I, th- I think they could have him too. It's it's just a matter of time before uh, you know he cuts down his list and and uh, you know goes through the process and all of those things. So it'll be interesting to see another in-state kid in the 2021 class that visited uh, this past weekend. He's from Grand Rapids. He's a shooting guard, uh, Kobe Buffkin. He's uh, ranked number 92 overall in the 2021 class. Uh, number one in-state kid. So far, he's a 6'4", 175. I don't actually know if he has a Michigan offer at this point, John, but uh, it looks like he's got one from Michigan State, and then uh, he's got a few at uh, DePaul, Northwestern, and TCU. So, again, uh, with uh, how highly ranked he is, with him being an in-state kid, I would uh, anticipate if he doesn't already have an, uh, an offer, if it's not public, publicly reported, I would uh, venture to say that he's probably in line for one and probably in line for a bunch of other ones too. Yeah. I don't know. Miss Howard's being a little stingy with the in-state offers, only offering Aikens over the weekend and having Buffkin leave without one, at least publicly. Uh, But I I feel like he would announce it if he were to get one. So I don't know what uh, they're waiting for. I'm not sure what the shooting guard uh, board looks like for 2021. I know that's what, Jet Howard plays in 2022, but I think they're going to still go after one, uh, maybe in 21. But, uh, yeah, we'll see uh, if Michigan ends up offering. You know, you'd think they do. So um, we'll see if when he, if and when he gets back on campus, if they finally pull the trigger. Yeah, I, I would anticipate that happening at the very least. Uh, uh, I would imagine pretty soon. Uh, they, they've got a got to do that at some point um but I, th- I think the uh the last visitor here john and uh, correct me if i'm wrong i think this is the last visitor colin smith he's a uh, forward in the 2022 class and i'm not going to go too in depth into this recruitment because i have no idea what this kid's like i've never seen him uh, in any highlight reels or anything but he does have offers from texas Oklahoma State, Kansas, Georgetown, Baylor, who at this point is uh, the number one team in the country, um, and then uh, SMU as well, and Texas A&M. So he's uh, got some pretty good offers early on for uh, being a kid in the class of 2022. So uh, maybe another kid that that Juwan offers at some point in the near future. He's already got some pretty good offers, but uh, uh, interesting to see him come on campus uh, so soon, especially being – a kid that uh, is so far out of the region. He's from Texas. Yeah. Uh, from everything read, he's supposed to be one of the other top guys, you know, future Greg Brown from Texas, um, who's going to be one of the elites. So getting him up early uh, as only a sophomore is going to be, uh, you know, a good shot. Shows a lot of interest so far uh, this early in his recruitment. So, you know, file that name away for, for a couple of years from now. Yep, it's like Men in Black. Just erase the memory, and then I'll re- I'll, uh, I'll I'll recall it once the twenty twenty two class is a little more relevant. But uh, exactly, that, that, that's a, that's a little ways away, so I I won't have to worry about that. None of us really have to worry about that. But it is good to see uh, Juwan uh, looking way far ahead into uh, future classes and being able to identify a talent like that too. So. Uh, let's let's move to football and uh, real quick, and then we'll uh, go into our first break here. Uh, the the transfer portal 
it has become quite the topic here for Michigan in this offseason. Last year they went for Mike Dana and they got him. Um, played really well, I thought, for Michigan in 2019. and had a pretty good year. Um, I would anticipate him making a roster in the NFL at some point. Uh, but it sounds like they're trying to go after some more guys uh, along the defensive line in the transfer portal. And for whatever reason, whether they're just not showing enough interest in these kids or what, uh, these guys are going elsewhere. And the most recent guy to uh, commit elsewhere is uh, Michael Williams, who, go figure, is another Stanford former Stanford player uh, joining the mass exodus of uh, Stanford Cardinal to uh, transfer away from Stanford this offseason, he was uh, – I, I feel like he would have been a pretty good addition here, John. He's uh, just what Michigan needs. He's, he's a big run-stuffing defensive tackle, and uh, he's going to SMU now, uh, kind of going back home in a way. He's from Fort Worth, Texas. So uh, good for him, but uh, pretty bad for Michigan. They haven't really been able to lock in on anybody uh, in the transfer portal at this point, and it, it looks like they've – been wanting to go after a, a guy or two along the defensive line and uh, it just hasn't panned out at this point. John, do you see them actually getting anybody? I think the really the only guy left is a uh, Javon Swan, who is also a former Stanford player. He's a, a kind of a hybrid D tackle D end, um, which I mean, Don Brown and the defensive coaches love versatility. Um, so if they go after any other guy, he would probably be the last one. Um, do you think they land somebody at all in the transfer portal? And if not, how big of a, a concern do you think this is moving forward for uh, the depth along the defensive line? Uh, at this point, I feel like they're probably not going to land someone. Every time a guy enters the portal, you know, you get reports that Michigan's going to do their due diligence and ask around, but then nothing really happens. There's no follow-up or visits to campus or anything. So <laughs> I feel like their interest is kind of tepid. At most with some of these guys, you know, you mentioned Javon Swan, uh, Xavier Kelly from Clemson was another possibility, um, but I don't think they're going to pursue him anymore. Um, so those two seem to be the last options out there. I mean, more names could pop up. They always do, um, especially with the transfer portal now. But um, I think Michigan's, they either don't didn't like anyone in the portal enough to pursue them or they feel good about what they have currently on the roster, which is obviously the answer that, um, you know, you hope is the reasoning because it means that someone like Mozzie Smith or Donovan Jeter is progressing well. Um, so I think they'll, they'll be uh, content with just staying put with what they have and trusting in their evaluations there. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just going up and down the transfer portal right now. Just, and just, I, I mean, there's a ton of guys in the transfer portal just on the defensive line alone, uh, you know, and, and you don't want to take a guy just to take a guy. Of course you want to take somebody that you think would have a big impact because uh, more often than not, these guys are grad transfers and will only be around for one season like Mike Dana this past year. But uh I, I think it's a cause for concern, honestly. I, I think with, with Dwumfort transferring, and uh, it, it, it's just the depth along the defensive line at this point is pretty weak, in my opinion. Mazzy Smith didn't do much uh, in his freshman season. Um, I think he only had one or two games of participation. He redshirted. Chris Hinton started turning it on a little bit at the end of the season, so it was good to see him uh, play pretty well there. I think he'll be a big piece moving forward. 
Carlo Kemp coming back was was the big move. I, I think if he doesn't come back and he goes to the NFL, that the depth along uh, the defensive line, as specifically at defensive tackle, is uh, is looking real bad. Um, but we'll see how it all plays out here. Uh, at this point in time, I would imagine that uh, they're probably still looking. I don't think they're doing a, a ton of soul searching by any means, but I, I think if a, a guy or two strikes their eye, uh, maybe they'll pursue him. I don't think they're going to go after Xavier Kelly either, either like you had uh, previously alluded to. But I think the depth is a concern moving forward. I, I think you, you really got to hope that uh, Jeter and uh, Mazzy Smith uh, really turn it up next season uh, for Michigan. Otherwise, it's going to be uh, it, it's going to be pretty grim along that defensive line again because it was it was already a concern last year uh, at the tackle spot, and it, it would only be more of a concern in 2020 with Tuam for leaving and, and, you know, just hypothetically, if nobody really improves that much, uh, that'd be a, a really big problem that they would have to address. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, we'll see where they go. I don't know. I feel like Michigan just doesn't like using the, the transfer portal unless it means someone they really like is in there. Like Mike Dana that matches up personality culture wise, along with athletic um, so I don't know. I feel like they're, they're more willing to take a risk on their depth now. Um, you know, have Don mm-hmm. Brown and, and, uh, Bob shoot kind of find ways to scheme up this, uh, you know, their, the deficit with, uh, on the roster rather than, uh, you know, risk a scholarship on a guy, um, that, that that's not going to play much or won't mesh well with the team, but I don't know how they think, uh, but we'll see how it goes. It's definitely one of the weakest spots on the team though. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing with Mike Dana, it's like they didn't really have to go too out of their way to get him. He, he was an in-state kid already. He went to CMU. He had a previous relationship with Sharon Moore since he was a former coach at uh, Central. So it's not like they really had to do a ton of legwork to get him to uh, commit to Michigan and, and play the one year in Ann Arbor. So with these other guys, they, they would have to do a ton of work, a ton of uh a film, a film review and, and get to know the kid and all of that. And, and I think that they, they really lucked out last year with, uh, with, with Dana, with, with them already having a coach knowing him and uh, him being an in-state kid and pretty much growing up a Michigan fan. So that was uh, definitely lucky for them, but yeah, you, you just hope that uh, the depth along the defensive line next year is a little better. You hope that guys like Jeter and, and Smith step up, and uh, uh, really make a name for themselves along with Chris Hinton. And, uh, you know, you hope that Carlo Kemp has a good final uh, senior season as well. So we'll definitely uh, revisit this, I would imagine, at some point uh, when or if uh, Michigan gets any guys uh, from the transfer portal. At this point, it's not looking too good, but uh, we will certainly update and uh, give our reactions when and if that happens. But I'll uh, We will take a quick break and we will come back and wrap up the show. So stick around. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in life, whether they be big, small, or anywhere in between. And when we keep those bottled up, it can start to affect us in a negative way. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. 
Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched up with a licensed therapist. And if for some reason that therapist isn't working out for you, you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Get life's challenges off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Block M to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Block M. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we're back. We're going to wrap up our show today. It's not very traditional uh, recruiting conversation here, but just wanted to bring this up since Michigan State is just uh, not having a, a, a good week. They're not having a, a, a good year, uh, pretty much. They're just not having a good time right now over there in East Lansing. Let's just let's just be honest about it. It's not, not good. And uh, Luke Fickle, uh, at the time of this recording today, Monday, had, has announced that uh, he's not going to take the Michigan State job. He's going to stay put in Cincinnati. Michigan State continues to search for their next head coach. Um, at this point, uh, it's looking like Mark Dressel, in my opinion. I, I don't know if, if they reach out to uh, Chris Creighton at Eastern or Jim McElwain at CMU, but uh, it's looking like uh, Trestle is, is probably going to be the guy at this point. But, but in terms of recruiting, uh, Michigan State has beaten Michigan a few times over the last few years uh, on the recruiting trail, specifically in-state. Uh, Devontae Dobbs obviously being the name that everybody remembers, but uh, Julian Barnett also uh, is another guy that Michigan State beat Michigan for. Um, and, you know, there and there have been numerous ones over over the years. Donnie Corley, obviously, uh, when he was being recruited, he was a, a high high level prospect that uh, Michigan State beat Michigan for. But at this point, uh, recruiting is just at an all time low for Michigan State. And uh, things just don't look very good in the 2021 class. As as things stand right now, crystal ball-wise on 24-7 sports, uh, there's one crystal ball in for uh, Andrell Anthony to Michigan State, but uh, Michigan's got two of them. So Michigan's beating uh, Michigan State for a kid, and uh, this, this kid just so happens to reside and grow up in East Lansing. And, uh, you know, they've, they've got a few other crystal balls littered around in, in the 2021 class uh, in state, but it's just things are not looking good uh, for Michigan State. And this is pretty much good news for the state, uh, for the University of Michigan, as they can uh, round up a lot of these big name players in the state. And they've done a good job so far, John, uh, in uh, reeling in. Uh, some in-state kids. They've got uh, Giovanni Alhadi already committed, and uh, I would anticipate a commitment at some point from uh, Rocco Spindler. 75% of crystal balls to Michigan at this point. Um, things are looking pretty decent with uh, Donovan Edwards, a four-star running back, and uh, things are looking uh, pretty good with uh, Spindler's teammate Garrett Downinger as well, I would say. So uh, in terms of uh, recruiting, 
recruiting battles. Uh, Michigan State is just not what it once was, and uh, Michigan's really cashing in on that, quite honestly. Yeah, after 18, when Dobbs and Barnett chose uh, Michigan State over Michigan, or sorry, 2019, uh, Michigan's kind of kind of took taken over completely. Uh, Michigan State didn't really do anything in 2020 class. Their top guy from Michigan is ranked 15th overall in the state. You know, Michigan has four guys ranked ahead of that. Schools like Kentucky, Purdue's grabbed a couple more. Northwestern, uh, Maryland are all getting guys ahead of that are ranked ahead of the guys. Um, so it's it's kind of a dire straits situation for Michigan State here. The the guys that they do have a good shot in in state for 2021 is the same same thing. Guys that are ranked uh, very low in state, besides Anthony, who seems way more likely to. Uh, get to go to Michigan than Michigan State right now. Like you said, their their next ranked guy is ranked nineteenth in the state, Anthony Tyus the third that they have a crystal ball for. So they've they've always made their bones, you know, going after these these kind of second and third tier guys in Michigan and Ohio, but right now it, it's a step down even for them. And the, it's gonna set them back. So it's kind of the what what do you do if they keep uh uh, Trestle on as an interim for for an entire year, like that may be best long term to uh, kind of find the right candidate and not try to scramble to hire someone now. But it's also going to set their recruiting back even further. Um, you know, you look at what USC did this year, keeping Clay Hilton in limbo for uh, you know not deciding whether to uh, extend him or fire him, and that totally tanked USC's class. Like they finished fifty fifth, and that's USC, who is usually one of the top two or uh, top five schools in the country in recruiting. So if if that uh, kind of situation puts as much harm on a blue blood like USC, imagine what's going to do to Michigan state. So I don't think they're going to, Michigan's going to face too much uh, push from the Spartans uh, for any guy that they want in Michigan or really the Midwest at this point. Yeah, probably not. I, I think I, I think even if Michigan State was still competitive on the recruiting trail, they, they, they might take a guy or two away from Michigan. But I think a lot of these guys uh, early on are, are, are pretty pretty uh, high on Michigan. And I think a lot of that has to do with the way that they've been recruited early. Yeah, they've recruited a lot of these kids really well. And it's just because the in-state uh, class uh, for 2021 is, is really uh, – I don't know, it's just a very rich class uh, in state for 2021 and Michigan recognized that early on and they've been recruiting the hell out of these guys, uh, you know, even before the 2020 class was finished. Um, so, yeah, Michigan State being down is definitely a, a boost for Michigan, uh, especially in state. Um, but, yeah, even, even with this 2020 class and Michigan State doesn't have any kids committed in their 2021 class at this point. But uh, they were losing commits uh, the day after, uh, or uh, it could have even been the day of, uh, when D'Antonio steps down. Um, and it was uh, the day before signing day. Obviously going to rub kids the wrong way when you do it that way. But, but uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see who they, who they end up replacing. I, I think at this point it probably would be a, a, a trestle at this point, maybe a one-year thing, maybe if he proves himself to be good recruiting and maybe they can turn around a little bit maybe they'll uh, try it for another year or two but um and i'm definitely not saying michigan state is going to be like ohio state in this scenario but once upon a time ohio state had an interim head coach named luke fickle and then turned around the next year and hired urban meyer so um 
you know, maybe Michigan State will do uh, Trestle for one year and then hire their next great head coach. Obviously, probably wouldn't be as great as Urban Meyer because he's one of the better coaches uh, probably of all time, unfortunately for us. But but uh, it, it'll be interesting to see. And I, I think at the very least, Michigan will be able to bank on this for the 2021 class, especially with them doing uh, such a good job in-state recruiting already with guys like Spindler, Edwards, and Dellinger, and Rashawn Benny, and, and guys like that. So I, I think Michigan will probably have to worry more about the Ohio States and Notre Dames uh, coming in in states and uh, taking away uh, some of the, the in-state kids. I know uh, Dellinger has really looked at Notre Dame quite heavily. And uh, as Spindler, he, he's, he could uh, go to Michigan, he could go to Notre Dame, he could go to Ohio State. Um, so it's pretty much a Midwest battle at this point that uh, uh, pretty much all the Midwest schools that you would imagine uh, are involved in, except for Michigan State, of course. Um, but no, things are looking pretty good for Michigan in-state, uh, whether Michigan State was going to be a factor or not. But uh, the fact that Michigan State is down, they're still looking for their head coach. Um, you know, Michigan's just going to keep banking on this. And I would imagine that they probably reel in a ton of these kids in-state in this 2021 class. What do you think? Yeah, I think it'll be good. We just kind of need Notre Dame and Ohio State to have similar amounts of turmoil, and uh, Michigan will be all set, but that's never going to happen. Um, but, yeah, yeah. The, it, it'll be nice just to have a little less resistance from other schools on the trail. Michigan sewed up their 2020 class so early. They've been able to gain a lot of inroads with guys, especially in-state, in 2021, and it looks like a special class. It's kind of going to be like that 2017 class where they had the top seven guys commit from in-state. I don't think that's going to happen because, you know, Damon Payne's sitting at the top of the rankings right now, but it could be something similar where they, a big, big chunk of their class comes from Michigan, which, you know, a lot of fans like to see because, you know, they most likely grew up in the area and like the guys that uh, are familiar with the rivalry and things like that. And if they uh, can do that and can also play well on the field, then it's a good combination, I'd say. Yep, you definitely want a good mix of kids that want to play for Michigan and, and highly talented kids as well. And luckily, a lot of these kids in this 2021 class are both of those things. Um, so we'll see how many kids that they can actually reel in in this 2021 class. In-state, it's a, a very good in-state class this year, and uh, it will be interesting to see how this all plays out. But, uh, John, did you have any uh, final departing thoughts before we uh, uh, end this show today? Uh, nope, not really. Uh, kind of no, just I, basking in the Spartan glow. That's uh, yeah, <laughs> happened this weekend. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's been a bad week for MSU, man. Losing uh, to Michigan, and I, I believe that was their third loss in a row, and uh, dropped out of the rankings. And now uh, Fickle decides to stay at Cincinnati uh, in a worse conference uh, over the Big Ten job. It's just uh, you hate to see it. You just you hate to see it. So, uh, well, uh, we will wrap that up for today, Johnny Boy. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon. John, where are you at? At Simmons underscore John. And uh, feel free to give Maze and Brew uh, a follow on Twitter at Maze and Brew. Facebook, Instagram, give us a like. And uh, be sure to uh, rate and subscribe to all of our shows on the Maze and Brew Podcast Network. Go find it wherever you download your podcasts. For John Simmons, I am Vaughn Lozon. Uh, we will be back next week with another episode. Uh, take care and go blue.